cookie-less world is becoming a reality. When Google blocks all cookies, this will be this will be it for cookie-based advertising. It will be over. We marketers will have to use other applications. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cowan's Thematic Podcast. I'm Bill Bird, head of thematic content at Cowan, and I'm really excited to be here with Derek Wood, senior software analyst at Cowan. Each month, our thematic podcast will discuss areas of emerging growth and disruptive innovation, topics that are of pivotal interest to investors and corporate executives. The raw materials for the themes we'll unpack are Cowan's proprietary data sets and Cowan's Ahead of the Curve series where so much of our thematic work is expressed throughout the year. Today's topic is software and more specifically, customer data platforms, which are one of the highest growth subsectors in software and where Cowan believes the market has hit an inflection point. But before we dive in, some background on Derek Wood. Earlier this year, Derek published a comprehensive report on customer data platforms characterizing CDPs as the next evolution in the CRM marketing and customer engagement space. Derek is a veteran software analyst, having covered the sector for more than two decades. He joined Cowan in 2016, and he covers the enterprise software sector, including SaaS, big data and analytics, and DevOps. Derek, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bill. Derek, let's start with the basics. How do you define a CDP? Yeah, CDP or customer data platform, I, th- I think of it as a, a database-like system that collects and processes and analyzes a lot of unstructured data from digital customer interactions. And when I say digital customer interactions, we're talking about, you know, web behavior, like what are they clicking on, what, what, how much time are, they, are consumers spending on different pages, uh, affinity for different content. It could be social interactions on social sites. Uh, what they like, who their followers are. It could be demographic information, gender, age, where they live, their hobbies. It could be their activity on emails, um, emails opened, ads clicked, you know, call center uh, data, just lots of unstructured interaction data that um, CDPs will ingest and, and store and and prepare so that other applications can use that data, whether it be um, in, in AI, ML, algo tools, or execution engines. And uh, you know, it's got some similarities to a um, the, you know to cloud data warehouses. Uh, but I like to think of uh, they're really in two different ca- camps: cloud data warehouses like Snowflake. Um, you know, they're much more oriented around structured data. Uh, the use cases are more around um, kind of internal b- business decision making, internal operations analysis, whereas CDPs, again, are much more uh, about unstructured data and used for um, facilitating, um, you know, external communication. And, uh, you know, certainly in the B2C world, when you're talking about marketing and how do you drive personalization and, um and, and outreach across different channels, whether it's email or mobile or, um, you know, content personalization on websites. Um, it's all about facilitating uh, personalized engagement externally. Derek, let's zoom out to the overall marketplace. How do you think about the size of the addressable opportunity and what kind of growth rates are you seeing? We've, we've seen a lot of different studies. I think that uh, the best one we've seen is, 
is for market and markets, and and they pegged the uh, CDP market to be uh, about three and a half billion in 2021, growing to 15.3 billion in 2026, and that's a 35 percent CAGR. So as you had mentioned, you know, one of the the highest growth subsectors in software. Um, and I think it's a lot larger when when considering the application ecosystem that CDPs touch. Um, you know, we, we, Braze is a company that has built marketing automation applications that integrate well with um, CDP data flows. And um, the, the marketing automation space in of itself is already um, kind of sized up as about a $20 billion TAM. So it's adjacent, it's, it's augmenting CDPs. You could argue when you, you know, bring in those other kinds of applications uh, that, that really monetize CDPs, that the market's much bigger um, and, 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 you know, could be as, as big as, as $60 billion. One other, um, you know, one, one other estimate was from Twilio when they acquired Segment, and uh, they had said today, you know, the market's worth $17 billion, but only $2 billion is really spent on um, – on kind of you know already packaged CDP platforms, whereas the rest of the 15 billion is considered to be DIY. So that 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 goes to show it's very much a greenfield market uh, around how to collect all this data and monetize all this data. Because obviously, you know, I mean, digital transformation has just uh, created so much so much data, and and there's a lot of variety and velocity and it's hard to harness all that. And that's what these new CDP vendors are trying to, trying to do. Um, a lot of companies have been, have for a while tried to do it, you know, on a, on a do it yourself basis, whether it's, you know, maybe having used Hadoop or some other technologies that were more difficult to use. But I, I think that uh, any way you slice it, it's a, it's a large market. Um, it's early, but it is fast growing and, you know, a lot of companies we've talked to over the last uh, couple of months or view this market ready to hit, um, you know, much bigger inflection over the next couple of years. Let's turn to the competitive landscape. Who are the major players here and who are some of the companies to watch? Yeah, you know, I think um, it helps to kind of think about the landscape and if I lay it out for you a little bit um, and and I th- I like to compare uh, if if you're familiar with the uh, traditional data warehousing BI stack, you've got um, at the bottom of the stack you've got the ETL vendors that are kind of the data ingestion, data transformation uh, part of the stack. Then you have the actual data warehouse um, platforms that um, will 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 kind of execute a lot of the query processing. And um, and then you have the BI uh, vendors that are much more kind of the front end applications for visualization and reporting. That's the you know, that stack's been around for a long time. And the ecosystem uh, that's kind of developing in CDP has some similarities Um, at the kind of bottom end of the stack is the, you know, the, the, the data ingestion and the data management. And that's where core CDPs are. Um, you know, Segment is the the leader in in that space. That was acquired by um, Twilio at the end of 2020 for 3.2 billion dollars. Um, and uh, there's a couple others, Telium and and uh, M Particle and and Treasure Data would be um, a couple others that are kind of in that pure 
um, data side of things. And so, again, they are the ingestion engine, the transformation engine, um, and then they facilitate, you know, kind of sending off that data uh, or preparing it for some other stage. The second stage, the second layer in the stack would be, um, you know, it's not quite clear, but it's it's more like where the analytics happen, where the journey orchestration happens, uh, where the personalization happens, that and and really kind of making intelligent sense out of the data, and um, you know that can be AI ML tools, that can be um, it, it, it it can be companies like like Pendo or. Um, amplitude that are doing product analytic, product usage analytics. Um, it can be the the CDP vendors, or um, or it could be the app vendors, and then that's kind of the third layer. The app vendors are the ones in the, doing the campaign execution, the activation of the of the data. Um, that's where you're going to see a company like Braze or um, um, uh, you know Iterable or Clavio or some of the newer vendors on the scene. And um, so that's kind of what the ecosystem looks like. Now, of course, you've got uh, some of the bigger players out there. We talked about Twilio. Now, you know, they bought Segment. They are a big player in the market. They are now building, you know, moving up stack, not just being in the data management layer, but they have a new marketing automation application coming out called Engage, which will come GA sometime this year. Um, of course, you've got Adobe and Salesforce that um, jumped into the CDP market back in kind of the 2019-2020 timeframe to augment their marketing automation applications. Adobe was first to market, I think, in 2019. That's called their real-time CDP, um, and that integrates well with their broader marketing automation um, and marketing app portfolio. Um, Salesforce was about a year later. And um, we don't really have too many stats on Salesforce yet, but uh, uh, they're using their CDP for their marketing apps and also to connect um, data across their whole application portfolio, uh, whether it's sales or service or commerce, and get you know more you know cross-channel personalization and cross-channel customer profiling. Um, Oracle, SAP, Microsoft all have some sort of element of CDPs, but they're not too focused on it. And, uh, you know, and Braze just recently came public, uh, which uh, they did. They do not have their own CDP, um, but they work well and often with um, companies like Segment and Telium. And um, they do have their own AI ML engines and they do produce a lot of their own data in terms of what they're collecting and how they're interacting um, at the front end with their execution engine. So it's an interesting uh, space. It's evolving. It, 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 uh, you know, there is, there has been a, a lot of hype. Um, we, in our note, we talked about how a year ago, there was about 150 companies that said they're in the CDP market. So, um, and there's some truth to that and some not, and some have been acquired, um, you know, and that kind of some some CDP vendors are um, are are packaging CDP with their applications. So Clavio does that. Um, they're still in the private market, and uh, a company called Bloomreach does that. Um, that ha- bought a CDP vendor, married it up with their e-commerce personalization apps, 
And uh, so you're seeing some convergence uh, where the app vendors want to also own the data management layer, um, which Adobe and Salesforce do, but uh, you're starting to see that in the private market too. So it's, it's a fascinating space. It continues to evolve, but hopefully that helps on the, on the landscape there. Very helpful, Derek. When you look at the product and the marketplace, what are the benefits and challenges of CDPs? Yeah, the uh, benefits, of course, what you're trying to do is create a, um, a, a profile of a customer, a profile and as much as you can on a one-to-one basis, deliver personalization of content to that customer. But you're trying to understand what they're doing across channels, what they're doing across your, your websites, your mobile apps, your digital services, uh, you know, point of sale transactions in stores, call center interactions, and take all that data and build a persona about somebody. And then that helps particularly in marketing, target, you know, promotions and, and content and merchandising. And uh, ultimately, if you do that, that's the holy grail, one-to-one personalization. Um, and, you know, you optimize brand affinity, you optimize revenue conversion and cross-sell and you uh, lower churn. And uh, there's, a, there's a very big ROI because it's a revenue event. Um, and, 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 and obviously you hear all this and it sounds super complicated and it is, um, with all the data that you need to harness. But, uh, what these vendors are doing is to trying to take that data and you segment customers, you, you, you build prediction models and, and you build uh, personalization and, and you try to automate all that and, um, and then engage with customers across their preferred channel. Uh, whether again it's email or mobile or um, uh, web, you know web visit personalization, um, and uh, it's certainly you know uh, an advancement from um, from from older technologies. I mean, old technologies are you've got each one of those are silos: your call center system, your CRM system, your email marketing system. They're um, You've got data stuck in relational databases that are siloed, and uh, you can never get really great insight uh, cross-channel to build personas about um, customers, and especially today where there's so much multi-channel interaction happening. And uh, so that's what most of the landscape looks like today is just siloed data, it's batch processing, it's disparate data flows, um, and apps are not connected. CDPs try to tackle that. Um, move from manual data collection to automated data collection. Um, you know, get omni-channel engagement. Move from batch processing to real-time processing, and uh, unify apps up and down downstream. Um, and the ROIs are are certainly. Um, uh, very attractive. I, I think Braze had a study, and or maybe it was Forrester that did a Braze study where there's you know 840 percent ROI on a handful of customers. You know uh, they reduced uh, it was a uh, they reduced churn by 50 percent on average. Marketers on average saved thousands of hours for campaign efforts. Um, and I, I think you can just kind of think of any kind of ROI out there that uh, saves time or generates more revenue or more brand affinity is what the um, 
what the end goal is. And then, of course, you know, um, there it is. And I think we'll talk about this in a second, but it's getting harder for uh, for marketers and advertisers to leverage and monetize third party cookies. And uh, that's driving more co- companies to uh, figure out how to harness first party data, what what consumers are doing on your own websites and apps and uh, and and monetize that. Eric, you raise a good point about the things happening around data privacy. How will this shift away from third-party data and cookies uh, impact CD, CDP adoption? It sounds like it could be a big accelerant. Yeah, and you know, there's some interesting things going on right now. Actually, there's legislation where, I mean, there's a, a big crackdown on big tech, you know, being able to track your what you're doing on websites and and then having other vendors, you know, if you're in the iOS ecosystem on a mobile phone and uh, you're a downloaded app uh, before these IDFA changes, uh, you're able to, you know, track a lot of what users are doing on the Apple platform. And certainly Apple can do that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of concern around privacy. Same with cookies. Cookies are, you know, little pieces of software, you land on a web page and uh, you get a cookie put in you and in, in, in your in your um, browser and then it follows you around and it knows what websites you've been to and that data gets tracked or sold and um, and it seems invasive. And I, I think the legislation out there is probably not, I mean, it's pretty egregious. I don't think it'll pass, but clearly there is a focus on cracking down and you're seeing, you know, the the browser companies start to deprecate um, the ability to to use cookies to track. And uh, I think Chrome is going to completely phase out cookies in 2023. And Firefox has, I think, already done it. And so you have all this regulation, whether it's GDPR that required consent um, to uh, to track data or, you know, uh, now with with the with with cookies being dropped and with IDFA changes out of Apple, there is just a lot of crackdown on third party cookies, and um, and it, it's really going to have an impact. And we've already seen it on the kind of ad tech space. And this past quarter or two, um, you saw a big slowdown in growth from some of the ad tech vendors. So they've had a, a serious um, disruption from these changes and. And uh, how how deep uh, of an impact it's going to be, I think it's still unknown. But um, at the end of the day, uh, this is going to drive more uh, com- com- again. Advertisers and marketers are going to have to figure out new ways to monetize um, online interaction data, and that's exactly what CDPs do. And um, again, that's first party data. And first party data, you know, it's certainly harder to collect and really harness. Third party data, c- tracking cookies, you know, putting, um, segmenting users on, you know, well, the, you know, this person's been shopping for a car, so I know uh, I can I can sell this data to people that would care about that. You know, that's unknown data. That's easy. That's easy to do. Um, and uh, so. I think it's uh, it, it, we'll, we'll be following what happens with legislation and 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 how many workarounds there's going to be with the new IDFA changes. But uh, first party data is the holy grail right now, and and uh, that we think that budgets are just going to continue to shift that way. As a proxy for where the market may be headed from a customer perspective, 
How are the more sophisticated enterprises leveraging CDPs? Direct to consumer was, a, you know, that was post COVID has been a big push. I mean, I think one group of, of uh, subsector out there that was been interesting to watch is, um, is the like quick service restaurants, you know, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, Burger King, Domino's, you know, they kind of got disenfranchised from their customers or you could be, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, food delivery companies are the touch point and not the actual restaurants. And, but obviously when COVID hit, people weren't, people weren't going into restaurants. And so those companies tried to figure out how do I digitally transform? How do I, um, really try to directly engage with consumers? And uh, so the, all those companies have been um, really trying to embrace CDPs and new ways of uh, um, trying to reach, you know, consumers. I think uh, Pizza Hut, you know, in terms of trying to create direct relationships digitally, they built mobile apps, they built games, they brought out loyalty programs. Um, and as you download their apps, you start to get a lot more interaction data. Uh, then you can do more personalized communication you know, they did stuff like using Twilio to message uh, our pizzas ready or the pizza just went in the oven and then the pizza's ready and then the driver's on its way and and just kind of built this journey of engagement with consumers directly. And um, Burger King, another one, it was pretty interesting that, um, you know, they uh, they offered like a penny for a Whopper if you downloaded an app and turned on your uh, location tracking. And uh, then they would send you a um a promotion if uh if you actually like went by within 600 feet of a mcdonald's and and uh and that would steer their way from um you know from mcdonald's to burger king and uh so interesting you know kind of approach of how to how to leverage data and, and um a, another one i i saw that was interesting was ab and bev uh and, and their digital transformation you know they operate in 50 countries um, they've got a thousand different data sources, um, 500 different brands. They've doing 50 billion in revenue. Um, and they, there's a case study on how, how, you know, they, re- they used to rely on third party data for segmentation and targeting and ad spend. And, uh, but it was disparate. They didn't have it centralized in one place. They didn't have compliance rules in place around how the data was being collected and shared, um, so they've turned to CDPs to, uh, harness all that and, um, and really bring in a central location for, uh, uh, for, for all their data collecting, move away from third party cookie tracking to first party tracking. Um, and, uh, it's been a pretty interesting journey. That was with treasure data, one of the core CDP vendors out there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the one quote, um, you know, just to get a sense of how they view the CDP is, you know, uh, quote, one of our marketing goals shared among all of our countries is to speed up the use of first party data, not just because now we are, we have large amounts of consumer data inside our platform, but also because in order to power uh, or because the cookie-less world is becoming a reality. When Google blocks all cookies, this will be this will be it for cookie list based ad, for cookie based advertising. It will be over. We marketers will have to use other applications and other approaches. So, um, you know, that goes to show the big movement they're making away from third party to first party and, and CDP 
is a, a key element for that. Very helpful, Derek. As you think about CDP's competitive impact on the marketplace, what areas of the MarTech stack could CDP steal share from? Data management platforms are certainly getting cannibalized. Those are platforms that would collect all the, the this cookie data and uh, create um, segmentations for advertisers to do kind of broad-based um, um, digital advertising. And, um, you know, Adobe, Oracle, and Salesforce all went through an M&A spree on the DMPs in kind of the 2014, 15, 16 timeframe. When GDPR hit in 2018, I think it was, there is some severe impact to these DMP um, platforms. And so uh, they have been under pressure for a number of years. Uh, I think they'll be under even greater pressure going forward. Um, so it's kind of interesting because all those vendors I listed also have CDPs and they have um, basically pivoted to CDP. So they're, they're cannibalizing themselves a little bit. Uh, but, you know, in, in the effort of, you know, where the dollars are going to go to and, and uh, they have those products as well. Um, you know, legacy marketing systems, I think, are also going to be um, at risk, whether it's, you know, like an email, a legacy email system like MailChimp that was bought by Intuit recently. Even like, you know, Salesforce bought Exact Target. It's a legacy product, email only. Uh, or not email only email centric and and built on batch um, and and not well integrated with the CDP and and same with responses that was bought by Oracle so uh, or a Martis that was bought by by SAP so those you know those guys have some of the new stuff and they have some of the old stuff so uh, but there's a lot of pure plays that are really just focused on brand new architectures. And uh, those are the ones that are going to be disruptive to those legacy stacks. And, you know, I mean, I think on average, we, we hear that organizations use like 20 or 30 different marketing technologies. So there's a ton of, you know, smaller point tech that could get, um, that could, they could see share losses. Uh, I mean, the, the MarTech stack, uh, I think there's maybe uh, 7,000 MarTech companies in, in the broader ecosystem. So there's a lot of small point vendors out there that, that, that could lose share. And then when it comes to, you know, I mean, like I started with the CDPs are like data warehouses. And, and so right now the, the cloud data warehousing vendors are actually uh, working well with CDPs because it's kind of a different type of data set. So they flow data back and forth in between each other. But, you know, one thing to watch is whether, you know, each one of those will encroach on each other. Right now, they're in two different swim lanes, but um, but uh, we'll see down the road. So that hopefully that's a good flavor. Eric, as you gauge the development of the market, what are the things you're watching? The um, legislation, as I mentioned, you know, there's a bill aimed at, at banning targeted advertising. Um, it, it, the, it, the discussions just kicked off this week. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the legislation is trying to prohibit advertising facilitators, uh, from, from targeting ads. Um, and, uh, how successful this is, I, I, I don't know, but we're, we'll watch. Um, and then even like CDPs making their way into the sales application world, what most of what we've been talking about today is around marketing applications using CDP data, but, um, the other new world could be around sales applications and, and um, 
you know, what I call, you know, uh, uh, sales intelligence or revenue acceleration and uh, taking a lot of unstructured data. A company that's doing that is Gong. And they're taking your voice data and your call data with customers and doing a lot of AI around it and then understanding who are the best sales reps and why, and then taking that knowledge and trying to apply that to your broader sales force around best practices. And that's all around collecting a lot of unstructured data, running AI, ML algos around it, and a CDP would be a good data collection platform to do that. And so CDPs making their way into the sales apps world um, could, could, could start to percolate as well. Twilio just announced its annual CDP report. We'll be digging into that to see what kind of insights they're trying to bring out. And, um, uh, but we did see that uh, Snowflake was, was one of the fastest growing apps um, on segment. So that does sh- show that data warehousing and, um, and CDPs do have a lot of synergies together. Um, but uh, there's a lot of wealth of data in there and uh, hopefully uh, more to learn. Derek, before we wrap up, one final question. Uh, what are some of the more key events or expert calls that you have coming up that you, or plan to host related to this thematic? Yeah, I mean, so Adobe's hosting their marketing summit in a couple of weeks. I was hoping it was going to be in Vegas. So we have a chance to really you know, talk to people live on the floor, but it's going to remain virtual. But uh, in terms of what they have to say on their vision of CDPs, because it's a big focus for them and, um, and what kind of new products and capabilities they're rolling out to market, we'll certainly be watching. You know, John Blackledge uh, is a colleague on the, you know, covers internet companies, and he, he's been doing expert calls and surveys around the impact of uh, the iOS changes in IDFA. Uh, I think we'll look to do more surveys and more expert calls, and, and, and I'll probably be more involved now that uh, you know the the disruption in his world could be a benefit in my world in terms of uh, pushing more investment to to CDPs. You know we're going to be doing a lot more work on um, how CDPs could um, start to move into you know uh, sales applications as well. So uh, you know stay tuned for that. As we wrap up today's podcast, I want to thank Derek for sharing his thoughts and everyone for taking time out to listen. Uh, be well and take care now.